It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 172, for the week of April 6, 2017, we are officially celebrating seven years of Diz Radio and Disney On Demand. That's right, it has officially been seven years that we've been creating these shows for you, bringing you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. And this week, the show is going to be slightly different, but first... Who are we going to have stopping on? We're going to have a returning guest. You know him as Ray the Firefly, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Darkwing Duck, and so many others. Yes, you know who I'm going to mention, Jim Cummings. Yes, the iconic voice actor Jim Cummings, who originally stopped back on our show back in 2012, is going to be stopping in once again to talk about a variety of different things, his career, maybe a Darkwing Duck revival, DuckTales, Mickey's Roadster Racers, and so much more. And Jim's going to stop in and have a blast with us to celebrate our seven-year anniversary here at Disney On Demand. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. And I'm not going to go through everybody here at the D-Team because you know what? We're going to be doing something a little bit different here this week. Yes, because it is our seventh anniversary, we're going to have a roundtable. Something a little bit different than we normally do here at Disney On Demand. We're all going to sit here together unscripted, might not be our cup of tea because you know we don't do these too often but we're gonna sit back throw some logs on the fire and have a fireside chat here at disney on demand something a little bit different a little bit fun as the team is gonna sit here reminisce about the last seven years and maybe digress into many other areas so we have lots of fun on the horizon so before we jump into this week's show our slightly different show to celebrate seven years i do want to mention that disradio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most magical vacation that you're going to have with your family. They're going to treat you like family. They're going to open those arms, give you a big hug, and treat you like family and walk you through the process to make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. They have bilingual agents to help you with that language barrier and so much more. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, LVD heads, with that said, it is time to jump into our seven-year anniversary show. So, let's officially kick off show number 172 for the week of April 6, 2017. And when I come back, we're going to have the team full in motion here, as we're going to do something a little bit different than our normal show format. So, you'll have to cut us some slack here, as we're going to have a fireside chat with beers, fire, and so much more, as well as the whole team here reminiscing and celebrating our seven-year anniversary. Let's kick it off.
Hey, D-heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show. Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy. Hey, this is John Morris, Andy from the Toy Story trilogy. Hi, this is Bruce Boxleitner. You may know me as Tron. Greetings from your old voice actor pal, Corey Burton. <laughs> Hello, this is Haley Mills. This is Rolly Crump, a Disney Imagineer. Hello there, Dreamfinder here. Hi, this is Don Wells, Marianne on Gilligan Valley. This is Genevieve from Disney Junior's Choo Choo Soul. Hi, this is Dave Thomas. Hi, this is Kimberly J. Brown from Halloween Town. Hey, this is Eric Kramer from Good Luck Charlie. Hey, everybody, this is Lee Aronberg, Grumpy from ABC's Once Upon a Time. Hello, kitties, it's me, John Kassir. The voice of the Crypt Keeper. Okay, system's rolling. Testing, one, two, three. This is Jerry Reese. I've just finished eight... Eight... <laughs> Take two. <laughs> this is Jerry Reese. I've just finished a session with Jonathan on... My husband's closing the door. Hold on until he's done. Hi, this is Dina Waters from the Haunted Mansion. Hi, this is Leanna Creel, uh, formerly Tori Scott. I guess not formerly. Wait, can we do it again? I still am. It's still going on. Oh, wait, can I start again? Hi, this is Leanna Creel, otherwise known as Tori Scott from Saved by the Bell. Hello, this is Larry Bagby, and I was Ice, or Ernie, but Ice from Hocus Pocus. Hi, this is Jerry Mather, the Beaver from Leave it to Beaver. Hey there, this is Jason Hampton, originally from the new Mickey Mouse Club. You might remember the party. Hello. This is Helen Reddy. Hi, this is Cal David, the voice of Sunny Eclipse. Hi, this is Richard Carr. Hi, this is Tom McLaughlin. Maybe you know me as Captain Star. This is Suzanne Blakesley, the voice of Lady Tremaine, Maleficent, the Evil Queen and Hag, Cruella DeVille, and Mary Poppins. Hi, I'm Robbie Benson, the author of I'm Not Dead Yet and also The Beast. Hey, you guys, it's Kristen Fairley, the voice of Little Bear and uh, from the series Road to Avonlea. Hey, everybody out there, this is Jim Cummings, and you're going, who is that guy? Well, I'm the masked voice behind... Oh, I don't know. Winnie the Pooh, Tigger Tooth, Darkwing Duck, and a few others. Hey, this is Danny Woodburn from Crash and Bernstein. Hey, this is Jody Sweet. Hello, this is Bill Cobb. Hi, this is Claudia Christian. Hey, this is Beaver Bader. Hi, everybody, this is Greg Cripps. You're all pal from Whose Line Is It Anyway? This is Bruce Broughton. Uh, this is Art LaFleur. Hi, this is Eve Gordon from Honey We Shrunk Ourselves. Hi, this is Paul Candell. Hey, this is Ken Cody. Hi, this is MC Gay from... This is Ken Page, and I'm the voice of Oogie Boogie. Hi, this is April Winchell. Hey, this is Michael Leon Woolley, the voice of Lewis the Alligator. Hallelujah! Hello, this is Shanta Bell, the co-author of The Elf on the Shelf. Hey, this is Luke Edwards from Newsies. Hello, this is Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. I was also in Lilo and Stitch, which was more fun than Kids in the Hall, but don't tell the Kids in the Hall that. Hi, this is Mike Brissell, voice of the Small Land Transit Authority. Hi, this is Katie Von Till, the current voice of Disney Snow White. Hi. Puppeteer and author Noel McNeil. Hi, this is Big Apple Cool Runner. Hi, this is Bruce Reitherman. I was the voice of Mowgli in the Jungle Book. This is Raphael Sparge from Once Upon a Time. Hi, this is Alicia Grillin. You know me from High School Musical and Halloween Town. Hi. This is Susan Bennett, the original voice of Siri. Hi, I'm Stephen Anthony Lawrence. Eames from Even Stevens. Hi, this is Dora Birch uh, from Hocus Pocus. Hi, this is Rob Paulson. Better known to you guys as. This is Robert Keown. Hi, this is Rip Taylor. Could you pee? Could you die? And you're listening to Disney On Demand. <laughs> Rip Taylor said so. Disney On Demand yourself. Hi, this is Mark Elliott. And now, our feature presentation. Hi, everybody. This is Pat Carroll. I am so glad you're listening to Disney On Demand. And as Ursula would say, 
Life's full of tough choices. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't forget, keep listening to Disney On Demand. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all of you D-heads, so we are back. I hope you enjoyed the intro. We are here for our fireside chat. Yes, that one time of the year when we tend to sit down and do a roundtable. One of the things that I say often on here that I don't really like, but unlike many roundtables, we're not bashing everything that we supposedly love. So with that... Welcome here to the D-Team, or the D-Team that could be here. Nathan's hanging out at a hockey game, probably drinking too many beers, and Randy had to work, and Caitlin's out at Disney, so you can't turn that down. But we do have Cody, Paige, Aaron, Jason, Dominic, and myself here, so we're all here. So, all right, so, you know, we got everybody here. It's kind of odd that we, you know, do these every so often, just sitting here, and it's kind of takes a while. You got that awkwardness, that kind of, you haven't seen a cousin in a while, but yet you talk to them all the time. Well, with that said, I guess, you know, for anybody that's new to this show, you know, seven years, it's our seventh anniversary, we're gearing up as we have Jim Cummings stopping in here, returning guest, you know, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Ray the Firefly, Darkwing Duck, you name it. But with that, I guess, for all the new listeners out there and new D-heads and even old ones who may have forgot our ramblings every single week, I guess, why don't you, I'll go around and kind of introduce everybody, kind of talk about what you do on the show and what brought you to become part of the team. So starting off, Cody, how did you get involved and, uh, you know, become part of this crazy, weird, I guess now kind of really awkward family? Due to technical problems in the studio, we now return you to Cody's fascinating story of joining the D-Team already in progress. My year mark, so it's uh, it's an honor to be part of something that's been going on for seven years. Well, you know, and like you said, I tend to keep bugging you and kept bugging you and really, you know, it, it's one of those, I needed some people, needed somebody to take over for Lexi, so I had, to, I had to get somebody in here, right? And I was like, why not? Let's get this guy in here, you know? He's a hockey player, he looks like he wants to be annoyed. Yeah, he probably knows the Mighty Ducks, I get it. <laughs> and then that's going to bring us to Paige, who's been with us for quite some time now. I mean, we've watched, I guess, here at the show for like Jason and Aaron and myself. She's kind of been like our little sister. We've watched her grow up all the way through high, from high school through college now. So I guess what brought you into the show and, you know, being part of us here? Well, like I said before, I found an ad for the show on Facebook. And that's how I started finding the website and started seeing the shows and following it on Facebook. And then... You put out an all call for a music reviewer, and I was curious and asked what it was, and he told me, I was like, I think I can do that. And yeah, I started right after I graduated from high school, and in uh, 40-ish days, I'm graduating from college. So like they said, I really have grown up with these guys, and with Caitlin, I've gained older siblings, which I've never had before. <laughs> well, just, and, it's a good thing and a bad thing, depending on what the teasing is. <laughs> <laughs> we mean it out of love. That's right, always. 
<laughs> well, you know, and like you said, you know, we kind of brought you into this crazy weird family now that, you know, we're all part of it here. And, you know, that rolls us right into Aaron, of course, with I Want to Know, which is the one part that, you know, sometimes I wish I would love to do that segment, you know, because I, I love to pretend I'm a know-it-all, even though I'm not. But, you know, what brought you into joining up and being part of this team and sticking it out? Man, I don't, I've, I've been with you for what now? Almost six years oh yeah you you joined yeah in, yeah you and jason both joined in probably uh late 2011 right around, yeah it's right around show like 30 so yeah i've been around for a while i <laughs> i just i've i've always loved disney and i really loved your show it was something different and i wanted to be involved and it's just it's been a fun ride. I've really enjoyed it. So I guess, uh, you know, I'll, well, I'll keep it going first because I got some things for all of you guys. I'm going to put everybody on the spot at some point before things really spiral out of control with, uh, I guess, not being dogs in a backyard. But I guess moving along here and getting to Jason, I guess, uh, what brought you into the vault? Well, that, well, brought me in or out, one of the two. Um, well, actually... Um... Your show that you started teasing about doing for the Newsies really caught my interest, and that was going to actually be my first show, which it didn't happen. Um, we kept talking and talking, and finally, my first show actually was with Haley, and I did Pollyanna, and I have been on ever since. Um, I wanted to get back into my movie stuff, and, and Disney has always been a part of my life, so... I have a huge amount of DVDs and streaming video and everything else. I might as well talk about it. I talk enough about everything else. So someone wanted to actually hear what I had to say, so I thought I'd let them have it. And I have for a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> and now we build up to, of course, the newbie here, the newest guy who has not failed yet. I mean, going on week 11 already without missing anything, without a heartbeat, even recording in the dark silence of no electricity, we have Dominic here. What brought you into the hour show? power failure? <laughs> uh, I think the same way uh, Paige got in. It was uh, an all call on Facebook about uh, a little bit more than two months ago, I guess. Well, what made you want to get what What made you want to get involved with it, though? Like it, the one I do is kind of like very production based. We record once for three hours and then I take that and tear it apart and try to make a cartoon out of it for two minutes. But it's nothing regular and it's nothing that I can do and just like write a script and say something and get it out. Uh, and this was an opportunity that I could actually do a segment, a weekly segment. So that I thought was that was a really cool opportunity. Well, you know, and you you didn't know what you were getting yourself into because I tend to be kind of a control freak, as you can tell. You know, it's like you're going to follow this board and this regiment and this show. And hey, everybody, get off your butt. This is what we got to do. You know, you didn't know what you were getting in for. Hopefully, it's not too overbearing. No, it's pretty. Uh, well, it's uh, it, yeah, honestly, it, just, it takes me uh, a little while just to write the script and then about an hour to record it, and that, that's perfect. Actually. So it's a lot better than two weeks to try to put together a, a cartoon. <laughs> All right. So intros out of the way. No sniffing going on here. I guess with that, you know, lots of fun. It's been, you know, a while since we've had a fireside chat. I love to call them fireside chats, mainly because I like to drink beer by the fireplace. That's really how it happened. So and why not? You know, if, if I'm going to if I'm if I'm going to be the one hosting it, I'm just going to name it. So it's a fireside <laughs> chat. I like and it. So, so I guess with that, seven years, you know, things like that, lots of guests. I guess before we get into some of those things, what are some of the guests that have stuck out in everybody's minds over the years? This is always hard. 
<laughs> so they're <many>. also good. <laughs> and if they're listening, then they then they you know who to peg because they're like, well, you didn't mention me. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a lot of our past guests that actually do listen regularly. I know. <laughs> oh. I mean, I always, I always remember Mark Elliott's because that was just one of the coolest finds that we got. And I agreed with most of my friends that listened to it too. Is like listening to one long Disney preview. I was waiting for him to tell me what was coming to theaters. <laughs> I think for me, still one of my favorites to date, and I've said it a million times, is Robbie Benson. Just because, yeah. oh, mainly, yeah. be, mainly because of the interview that didn't air. It was mainly because of uh, all the talking him and I had when we were. Uh, off air talking about being fathers and our kids and all that kind of stuff. I really liked Eric Allen Kramer because I loved Good Luck Charlie. It was a great show. So it was really interesting to hear what he had to say, his take on that. I'm kind of torn. I, I think I, I like I thought Lana's was great. I mean, you can't go wrong with Once Upon a Time. So and especially being able to get her to talk. That was awesome. Um, and yeah, that, that would have to be it. I mean, just to know the that you had the queen. Come on, you can't. You can't go wrong. Hey, that's one of my favorites too. Jonathan knows that. <laughs> well, you know, I I have a lot of favorites. So, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I'm I'm only a guy, and they put pretty women on TV for a reason, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got to say another one of my favorites, and it was before I even came on the show. Is Pat Carroll because of her energy and her excitement the whole time as she was telling her stories. She just kept going, and I thought she was fantastic to listen to no I, I guess that leaves who do we have we have cody and dominic yet out here <laughs> yeah. well jason took mine so <laughs> um, i'm willing yeah. to share <laughs> yeah I, I guess i'll just have to share jason's then because i i loved lana um uh you know once upon a time is a great show and everything like that too but yeah he, he said you know you can't go wrong with the evil queen she she represents so much, and uh, for a lot of us, you know, we uh, obviously connect her with uh, the original Evil Queen and Snow White and everything like that. So it's just, there's a huge connection there, and uh, so it was just great uh, hearing what she had to say and how much she just loves portraying not only her, but the other characters throughout the show. Well, you know, and like like you guys said, I mean, there have been a lot of guests. I mean, we're 172 shows in, and out of that, we've had about 184 guests because some shows we've had two or three guests at a time. So, you know, there are a lot and there are some things and some guests that, you know, I, I myself, I'm always just taken back at, wow, how all these people that are connected to the Disney company and, and we're all allowed to be part of this, which I think is great where they get to tell these stories or these little snippets where most people aren't asking about it. I mean, when's the last time Stephanie Powers was probably asked about Herbie? You know, it, it's always heart to heart. So things like that. And silence. See what I mean? I will be the one talking nonstop. And if you can't see me because I don't have video on, I'm pointing at all of you on the screen. Now, I guess, you know, with that, too, you know, I guess over over the years, we've had a lot of great things, you know, uh, uh, you know, guest stars and segments that we've all had and our favorite moments and things like that. Is there any one favorite moment that each of you have had out of your own segment? Now, I know, Dominic, you're only 11 weeks in, so... For me, I guess you could probably pick out maybe your favorite Disney isn't, but I guess has anyone had any other favorite moments from your segments? One that you were just really excited to do, whether it was the way it was connected to the show or just anything at all. 
I really Should liked the it. Easter segment last week because I recorded it, or last year because I recorded it on the beach at the Grand Floridian. But <laughs> and I'd have to agree with you, Paige. Actually, yours last year was really good. It was really moving. So, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great, I mean, there's a lot of segments that I hear from everybody all the time from you guys. I mean, I hear so many different segments and it's just funny because, you know, as we put together these shows, I can hear, you know, different in uh, the way people's voices have changed or tones in their voice or what's going on or whether there's a dog in the background barking. Oh, so faint where you didn't think anyone heard it, but I hear it. I think but, if there's anything from a, a segment that I've done that surprised me was when I did Motor City because I I missed out on it and being able to actually catch up on it now I think that that made up for it like why did I miss this so <laughs> it was it was great to be able to catch up on something well with that too like like you said Jason it sounds more like an interview I don't like this you guys got to talk a little <laughs> bit more. but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I just go right into interview mode. See, and that's, me, that's what happens. I've two of them today, so I'm not in the... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, guess I yeah. always enjoy any questions I get about the uh, uh, history of the parks and whatnot, because that always brings me back to my childhood, especially anything at Disneyland, because that's basically where I grew up in California, was going to Disneyland all the time. So it's always fun to answer those questions. Brings back good memories. Well, you know, and with that too, I guess with the show and being exposed to new things, um, you know, there's so many times I, you know, we have a guest on and I'm interviewing them and I'm like, wait a second, they did this, 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 this as well. You know, do you have any of those moments where it's not even just a guest, but maybe some of the snippets or songs or segues or anything that we have part of our show where you're like, wow, I never knew that existed and it's connected to Disney. You have the most amazing library. You come up with yes. stuff that... I can't even imagine that. You know, it's like, I think I remember that one from when I was a kid, but you just, you seem to have everything. I'm just always amazed at what you come up with. I think the small television yeah. ties are the best part because I think that's what we miss nowadays is that you don't get that local feel, that local commercial esque feel to it. And with that, it adds that, that hominess. And I think that's what propels a lot of each of the segment flow. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, remember. I just like that there's different segments and <laughs> a lot of shows you listen to it's just two guys talking or just uh, it's all it's all news or it's two people talking about the news and here you bounce from one thing to another with these interludes and it's it's really like a radio show you, you can listen to all these different parts and it flows from one to the other and it's it's any 20 minutes is different than the 20 minutes before. Well, well, you know, and full disclaimer here, I don't mean to offend anyone, but we're like the ADHD of podcasts. Yes, we are. <laughs> there's no there's no offense to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just we just keep bouncing around like a pinball machine. You know, but that's what I like cuz you know, it's much like what Walt Disney did. I mean, most Disney movies you lose little kids now. You ask a little kid which movie they like, and it's always the shortest one because there was the 80-minute rule. You know, same thing with the podcast. I try not to have anything go over 15, 20 minutes before we shift gears all over again because otherwise people are just bored, and it's two people talking about how much they love the Disney parks, but they're also complaining about everything being done to the Disney parks. And going mm -hmm. on that whole idea that the 80-minute the rule, if you think about any of the older films, they were they were never over 
uh, you know, an hour and 10, hour and 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it was always keep their attention span, 80 minutes done. I mean, some little kids, some little kids now, you know, you sit them down and watch Big Hero 6 and all those movies, which are fantastic. And mind you, my 10 year old will watch it, but you start losing the six, seven, eight year olds halfway through the movie. They're already like, all right, we're going on two hours. They're done. They're tapped out. Same and thing with our show. It's still sit there, but you know. <laughs> well, same same thing with our show. If it was all of us doing this every week, if we didn't already lose people right now who are just like, when the hell is Jim Cummings coming on? You know, <laughs> you know, he did more important things. Come on. <laughs> you know, Jim's probably going to listen in. And he's going to be like, "Oh, great, I'm involved with these guys." <laughs> Is this when you get that phone call from the agent? I'm sorry, Mr. Cummings has changed his mind. That's right. He'd rather well, not, not air his podcast. <laughs> well, you know, he, he's going to have to make the appearance because, you know, otherwise we're just going to have to throw it down because I'm going to see him in two weeks at C2E2. And he's going to run and hide. <laughs> he's going to see us coming and he's going to well, hide. he's going to see us coming and go, oh, God, not them, please. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. So, you know, with that, you know, all these little things and tidbits, like you said. Now, I guess one more interview type question before I decide to shift gears and really release the reins to you guys without my guidance. We'll see if that can actually happen. <laughs> not, not, not saying I don't cue, have confidence. cue cricket noise. <laughs> He's done that before. <laughs> I think this is the next. The next part is when we go in. We refill our our uh, glass, right? <laughs> Well, I do have my margarita maker here, so you know, <laughs> I, I could make of something. You do. Of course I do. I am I am sitting in the DOD studios with a giant eight-foot-long Landshark banner and a Jimmy Buffett margarita maker in front of me. So, you know, I'm ready to man, drink and man after my own heart. <laughs> so I guess with, with that, though, with all our guests, have you ever had a – have we ever had a guest on, you know, where, you know, we're listening in, we're, you know, we're all part of this show – but have you ever listened to any of the guests or when you're researching, you know, who's going to be on that week, have you ever been like, wow, they did this. And then you go back and actually watch it and you're like, dang it. Why did I miss that? Like that was a really good show or that was a really good animated cartoon or something that it introduced you to that kind of opened up those floodgates. Cause that happens to me all the time. I'll find something and it's like, wow, you know, like, like you said, Jason with motor city, I had no clue it existed. And, all of a sudden, I started watching it, and I'm like, I need more. That was a really good show. Why did it get canceled, and why did I never know about it? And then learning that history was was fascinating itself, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, my, like, whenever I am able to base my music segments around the guests, then I always end up looking into, well, the songwriters and the composers, and what else did they do? And I find them on, they did one episode of a TV show for Disney, or they did this for ABC, or they were in this movie and collaborated with this person. Finding all the different connections, it's like playing six degrees every time. Every time we're researching our segments, it's like, oh, and this person worked with this person, and this person, and this person. Well, it's it's always that six degrees of separation, and I like to call it the six degrees of Disney because I'm not gonna lie. There are times that I get guests on just because I want to talk to them, and you didn't hear me say this about non-Disney things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like when we had John Kassir on. I mean, yeah, okay, he did the raccoon noises for, you know, Pocahontas, but come on, he's the Crypt Keeper. That's, that's all I cared about talking about was the Crypt Keeper. Sorry, Disney fans. You well, know, great. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I really love the Beverly D'Angelo. I mean, that was oh, yeah, that, so that was, was real good. cool. Who is the vocal casting agent that goes? You know who's going to make a great raccoon? The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> right? He does that. He does that evil laugh so well. I wonder if it translates well into raccoon. <laughs> or let, let's think about the whole audition process. Okay, I need a little more. Think about corn. Corn. Um, acorns, <laughs> nuts. Can you can give more of that? <laughs> I need a little more ra, a little less coon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it when they get a celebrity voice, but the celebrity doesn't use their own voice. So what was the point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my favorite story that I've ever heard about voices is nobody that we've had on the show, but how Rosie O'Donnell said she only would do a Disney movie if they would let her sing, and they said that her singing voice was so bad, that's how they came up with the Trash in the Camp song. Yeah, I was going to say, she was in a percussion feature. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, with that, I'm going to break it for a minute here. Uh, You know, enough chit-chat of looking back at shows. We're going to shift directions here in a bit, and uh, we'll be back as we gear up. Seventh anniversary show, show number 172 for the week of April 6, 2017. And we'll be back as we're gearing up for Jim Cummings, stopping in here very shortly. Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Ray the Firefly, Darkwing Duck, so many other characters that you can, I guess, we're going to touch base upon. Is Jim's going to be stopping in here shortly as well as we continue with our fireside chat. And I think it's time to get that margarita fired up. So, so newbies here, Jason or uh, Cody is super quiet. He must be sleeping. And Dominic, don't worry about yourself, Jonathan. Don't you worry about over here. I freshman year, I was still living with my. Uh, I had a roommate, so I did them in the. I did my recordings in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't want to bother her. She never liked the room, so I needed to come up with something. So I, I had a large walk-in closet freshman year, so I turned it into a recording booth. <laughs> if there's a sock on the doorknob, I'm recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> small as most dreams do a twinkle in an eye the thrill of something new then the dream began to grow and come alive touching every one of us lighting up the skies we share a magic day we share enchanted nights It's a never-ending story that together we all write. It's been a part of me, it's been a part of you, a part of growing up together, sharing a dream come true. children believers from the start fairy tales and fantasies of a hundred magic years filled with pixie dust and princesses our favorite mouseketeers we share a magic day 
we share enchanted nights It's a never-ending story That together we all write It's been a part of me It's been a part of you A part of growing up together Sharing a dream come true We share a dream come true And with each generation we know Treasure the memories And together watch them there, citizens. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am the Wing Duck. And I'm also Jim Cummings, and you are listening to Disney On Demand. Keep up the good work. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, uh... With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, so we're back, all of you D-heads. We're still nathan List as he's hanging out with the St. Louis Blues or chasing a rabbit around his house. You never know. He's looking for the white rabbit. Uh, but anyways, we are back. We're here with Cody, Paige, Aaron, Jason, Dominic, and myself as we're celebrating seven years of Disney On Demand. Now, of course, it's not super fantastic. We're not doing a musical. We're not breaking into song. We're doing something different, just a roundtable, right? That's really different for us, though. If you look back, that's different for us. But we are back. We're gearing up. We have Jim Cummings stopping in here very soon. He's stopping back once again. He hasn't been on the show since 2012, so we're excited to have him back in action here. With that, long-winded, I do like to talk. I guess getting back here, how do you guys want to shift this discussion so all the D-heads out there don't get completely bored and they're like, 
oh my god, never do a roundtable again. You guys suck. Now you really got him hooked on the whole idea of a musical number. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, if we're not doing a musical, then I'm getting off. <laughs> hey, every TV show seems to have to do a musical episode, so I guess it's yeah, our turn, right? right? Yeah, I just took eight weeks of tap for nothing. <laughs> I don't know about breaking into song. I don't know if I could sing it. I, I could maybe do like some auto tuning. <laughs> so, so, so I guess with that, yeah, I guess pushing here, you know, moving along here, all the different facets, different things we do, different parts of the show, getting into just regular Disney, getting into the D team here. What is your absolute favorite thing, I guess, about Disney? And you can't say all of it or, you know, it, oh, well, I just love a little of everything. If you had to pick one thing that is your, the one thing that defines you as a Disney fan, whether that's, a, 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 I guess, something you have in your house or something that you listen to, what is that one thing that makes you a true Disney fan? <laughs> Almost everything. I, I, I love how, no matter how old I've I've gotten through years, I step into a Disney park and I'm a little kid again. And it, it's okay. You know, you feel safe being able to do that. It's not like that with the movies. And uh, it just, it helps keep you, keep you young. Yeah. And I think only Disney can do that because it's just, you know, the, the you know, I, I enjoyed, I, I watched the Disney channel more than my son. I mean, <laughs> late night sitting there flipping on bunked. Yeah, I like bunked. <laughs> my son got me hooked on living, living Maddie. I mean, good Lord. It's not, certainly not my demographic they're shooting for. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's, hey, you're walking into what? You're walking into Target with your son, and you're like, "We got to get the new Living Maddie CD." God, stop it! <laughs> At that point, it's a download only. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say, I would say for me, it's probably just uh, all the Disney music that there is. You know, I mean, that, that's probably one of my favorite things about Disney is all the different. Uh, um, music and songs that they have. I mean, you hear a certain Disney song and it, uh, um, you know, kind of like what Aaron was saying. I mean, it just puts you back, you know, being a little kid again and everything like that. Sometimes that's all you need is, um, just a little tune or something like that. So, and it's just, it ranges from everything. You know, I mean, Disney's done every type of music out there and they always do just a fantastic job. Well, and uh, with that, what's your favorite, all time favorite Disney song? Oh boy! Hey, should have seen that coming. Glad it's not my question. <laughs> what decade? What's Paige, boy. what's your favorite all-time? Yeah, favorite careful Disney what you ask for, Paige. <laughs> Aaron, what's your all-time favorite Disney song? Jason, what's your all-time favorite Disney song? Dominic, <laughs> Main Street Electrical Parade. Oh, there you go. That's a which, good. Yeah. Which era? Because you know they change um, it every like what seven years. They changed it to different ones. Like well, it'd be the. Uh, Late seventies, and I had a little record of it. And I listened to it constantly. And years later, I found out the guy I who did that. it. I and, have that. Uh, yeah, I have the large one. It's upstairs. <laughs> that I listen to is it constantly. And Jonathan has a hundred copies of it in various <laughs> forms. <laughs> I dug the electric music. I thought that was super cool when I was, uh, you know, two, three, four years old. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of like this music that sounded like it was from the future. It is a really hard question though, because it's kind of what genre, what park, things like that. But I, I, I'd have to say for me, 
the number one thing for me was always just old yeller for some reason. The happy I don't ending. Know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't know yeah, what it was. Right. <laughs> go, go on, son. Kill your dog. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just saying, though, but that song, for some reason, stuck with me for years and years. And I don't know why. It just It's one of those things that I grew up watching, and that song stuck in my head. And, you know, if I had a video camera with me just the other day, I'm walking through the grocery store with my four-year-old. And, you know, she's singing, Old Yeller was a mongrel, ugly lop-eared mongrel. And this old lady's looking at her like, what the heck is she singing? All right. I, I still I still haven't heard Cody here. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, made it all the way back around to me already, huh? Uh, yes, well, you have to put the you have to put the beer down every so often. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna probably need another one then. Uh let's see. If if, if I had to pick just one Disney song, um, out of like you know the five good ones they have i guess um i probably <laughs> i'm gonna have to go with a uh, part of your world um just because little mermaid kind of came out when i was you know uh just uh, just a little chilling you know and uh, so that's kind of the one that i kind of grew up with that was like my first disney movie and uh jody benson's voice is just fantastic in that song and uh that's one that if i i hear it anywhere i'll you know, I'll always uh, turn it up, and yeah, you know, I, I may, I may chime in. You know, don't judge me. You know, I mean, <laughs> I think, I think yeah. the best thing would be, uh, you know, as you're driving a semi, have the windows down, just singing at the top of your lungs with it. <laughs> well, that's, that's, it's kind of like what I do, but I only do it on the highway, so then the wind, you know, kind of just <laughs> drowns it out. But I mean, no, I have done it, Jonathan. You gave me all those songs on that flash drive; they are all on my phone. And, you know, yeah, I'm the big bad trucker that has got, you know, the new uh, Beauty and the Beast soundtrack blaring out of his uh, 18-wheeler at the truck stop (laughs) with my Disney shirt on, too. And so, I mean, people don't think too much about it after they see that. They're like, oh, okay, well, he's nuts, so it's fine. Uh, (laughs) Until you're looking out the window and you're like, no one's took his guest on. (laughs) (laughs) I can't confirm nor deny that I haven't done that either. Um, So... But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, Jimmy, it's, turn it's, your head. Turn your head, Jimmy. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's like I got the best job in the world. All I, you know, I can just listen to Disney songs all day, every day. So, I mean, I never run out. Well, when you come back from work and, you know, you start breaking into song to your wife, at some point she's going to be like, okay, it's time for an intervention. Again, I don't know why you don't think I've done this already. And yeah, she's already done that too. So, but I mean, I, I will never change. Not for a woman, never. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Until until she ends up being, you know, like my wife, where she's like, you know, there's other things in Disney. And then everything they name off, I go, you know, Disney owns that and that and that. And thank you for uh, educating me on that as well, because I didn't know that because I was talking to my parents about stuff. And uh, you use, oh, I'm mad at ESPN. It's like, you know, Disney owns that. Oh, well, crap. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, I know, apparently, like, Everything is owned by Disney. It, it, it's true. Well, they bought my thing. childhood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So moving, moving on, I guess music, things like that, the parks, um, you know, these are all common topics that always get covered on every round table. So I need to shift it up. I need to shake it up. So I'm going to ask you guys if you could dress up as any Disney character while cosplaying, what would it be? And all of you have to answer. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm Tron. Yeah, you gotta get up here. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm Tron, man. I'm lit up. I'm cool. <laughs> Give me one of those. 
<laughs> Give me one of the LED to throw around. Yes. <laughs> hey, strolling in with your LED suit on, your lit up frisbee. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> See, I heard the beer bottles fall. I was gonna say, I did done. Don't worry about it. Maybe I should just put that on the back. <laughs> Come on, Dominic. You know you're a cosplayer. Uh, Nobody likes a quitter. Negative. Um, no, I'd say I'd I'd be goofy in a second. Well, well, you already are. Whenever, I, whenever I'm there, it's like Goofy or Eeyore, uh, people I, I mean, latch on to. Uh, <laughs> I, I go either way there. I'm six foot I, four. I'm a little tall for most. I can do a Jafar. <laughs> I think I could do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could do a Jafar. Yeah, or a Goofy. I could pull or, that off. Yeah. Well, or you could just be the total opposite and dress up like one of the seven dwarfs just to be totally off yeah. the wall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That looks really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> matter with him. Eeyore and Goofy, I mean, those are like two completely opposite characters. Like, it's just how I feel during the day. I feel either really silly or I just I don't feel like doing much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now, how would you pull off Eeyore? Would you actually make him where he's walking on two legs? Or would you like go full Eeyore and be walking on all fours all day? Uh, <laughs> do I, I do the two-legged Eeyore. You have to stand <laughs> in a spot and sway. <laughs> 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 he won't see my tail. <laughs> Here we I go. I mean, that's why. How happy could you be if you had a tail nailed to your butt? I mean, <laughs> I mean, truly, exactly. No. I mean, is it any wonder? Like, and how many times yeah. is it always gone? Right? Has nobody ever thought of well, using yeah, the thread that they sewed them right back on there? I mean, they're not even gentle with it. I mean, they hammer that sucker. Not even if his that. house falls down, I'm saying he has actual gripes. He's, he's not a... <laughs> That's true. Well, and and why are they hammering his tail on? He's full of stuffing. Yeah, how happy are you going to be about that? Use a push pin. I mean, come on. Is that better? <laughs> or at least a safety <laughs> pin. At least you know you that nail looked pretty thick, Paige. You know, we could at least, you know... Take some of the paint away and just, you know, uh, trim down the needle there. Jeez. That's what I'm saying. How is a safety pin? How's a push pin better than a nail? It's still going to hurt. <laughs> the push pin in. I don't know. Every time I watch Winnie the Pooh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just waiting for, what is it, Peter Cullen to bust out and, like, just totally get fed up as Eeyore <laughs> and just be like, Transformers, <laughs> Autobots, move. <laughs> Pull his full Optimus Prime on it. All right. It is sad that they replaced his voice now as Eeyore. Yeah. But he still lives on as Optimus Prime. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> as well as Orson Welles. <laughs> so, in, in, so anyways, I don't think everyone's everyone's answer here. You know, who, who else? We got, or, Let's see. Uh, we got Paige and Cody yet. You know, oh, who would you guys want to answer, Jonathan? <laughs> um, all right. Um, boy, oh, boy. Let's see. Well, I'll tell you what. If I had... Uh, if Mack I had the, the truck, truck. Well, no, oh, come on now. That's just stereotypical. <laughs> of so, um, but if anything, you know, I'd get, I'd have to be the Peterbilt that you know gets upset for him calling him Mac because I'm a Peterbilt guy myself. But um, <laughs> if if I if I had the physique for it, I would probably pick something like uh like Aladdin or something like that. But um, with you know, or without right navel. <laughs> but, oh. Uh, if I had the physique, I'd say navel. Okay, yeah. just making sure. Yeah, you gotta flaunt it if you got it right. Um, but uh, but as it stands right now, I'm more of a Gus Gus or a LeFou type of guy right now. So 
<laughs> Gus, Gus, I, nothing wrong I with that. I, I, I love Gus, Gus. I'd probably do uh, that. My <laughs> wife compares me to uh, to Pumbaa sometimes. I don't think that's in a good way. So tell her not to stand downwind. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, you know, and cosplaying is always fun, though. I mean, you know, I go to a lot of conventions that are not Disney conventions, you know, all different kinds of conventions and trade shows. So it's you see so many different cosplays. And I've seen some crazy takes of mashing together cosplays. So if you were to mash together some, what would be the craziest ones you guys could come up with? Like for me, I think it'd be cool to like combine like Captain America with Tron and just have like all these LEDs like just totally like lighting you up with the shield and the whole works. Whatever happened to, hey, what's your favorite color? (laughs) (laughs) We're we're past first date questions. Man, that's what I was looking forward to. I was ready for that. Hey, I know. You missed out on that one. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that was. If you could cross breed and cross dress as any character, what would it be? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. The furry community. (laughs) If Gus Gus dated Lady, what would it come out as? (laughs) Boy, that is probably a cat. (laughs) That would be fun, though. Just take different Disney characters, just shake them around in a jar and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <Play a poo. laughs> I, I could imagine some of the names that you could come up with, too. Just mashing together some of these names. Oh, well, I'm sure they're all rated G. Like Peter the, P- Peter the Tramp. You know, it's just... <laughs> Started strong there. <laughs> Peter the Tramp. Wow. <laughs> what? That's a homeless person. What is your mind? <laughs> sure. Okay. Mind, I have an adult mind, so it goes exactly where it was supposed to go right then and there. <laughs> See, this is I what happens good. when you're not in the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to mix uh, Brave's mom with Brother Bear and get the same character. <laughs> well done i don't think anyone's gonna top that yeah that's good <laughs> all right well, so you could, you could do winnie the pooh and pumba and you get pumba <laughs> hey it's after eight i'm uh, my comedy is peaked <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's like it, it only digresses from here right Oh yeah. <laughs> See now this is this is the part of the the D team that no one gets to hear when we're playing all serious, knowledgeable, Disney loving people trying to educate you. See, this is what we have to go through all of you D heads to actually get to that moment. <laughs> and then we lost eight people. All right. <laughs> right. They just keep dropping. Please never do another one again. That's why I don't have like a live chat on right now. It's like that'd be the worst thing. <laughs> You suck, you suck. I'm never listening again. I'm going to, you know, no. Unsubscribe, no. unsubscribe, unsubscribe. <laughs> All right, well, we've digressed enough here. I think it's time to get a refill. I'm going to break here for a little bit, and, you know, it is 9.30, and I think the Blues game should be over. So if he do- if Nathan doesn't appear on this, I'm going to have to do a history segment about the history of what happened this week when Nathan didn't show up. <laughs> oh, snap. It went. <laughs> it's getting pretty serious here, D heads. 
<laughs> All right. Anyways, I'm going to release the reins here for a little bit. Take a little break. Everybody else can have a break from us rambling and just be like, oh, my God, what did we just listen to? And uh, we'll be back as we gear up for Jim Cummings stopping in. Show number 172 for the week of April 6, 2017, as we'll continue with Cody, Paige, Aaron, Jason, Dominic. All kinds of fun. You guys tuning in, and maybe we'll have more of the D-team here at some point. I can't make any promises or... I guess maybe you're hoping more people fall off. There, there's five, five minutes, 10 seconds in the third. Blues are losing. Yeah, so, so maybe we should cut the commercial in a few minutes. You know, what do you guys think? What do you guys want to do? What do I want to do? I want to go to bed, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> a mongrel, an ugly lop-eared mongrel, fancy free without a family tree. <laughs> but he could up and do it, and prove there's nothing to it, and that's how a good dog should be. Here, yeller, come back, yeller, best doggone dog in the West, best doggone dog in the West. Old Yeller was a hunter, a rare and terran hunter. In any chase, he knew just how to run. <laughs> and when he hunted trouble, he always found it double. And that's when Old Yeller had fun. Here, Yeller, come back, Yeller. Best dog on dog in the West. Best dog on dog in the Yeller was a fighter, a rootin' tootin' fighter. In any scrap, he knew just what to do. A rough and ready feller, although his coat was yeller, his bold Texas heart was true blue. This is Lana Priya from Once Upon a Time, and you're listening to Disney On Demand.
All right, LVD heads. So we are back. Took a little break here. Everyone's getting a little feisty, a little crazy. And of course, as we heard, you know, the blues are still going on. So Nathan may not show up. He might be history. No, I don't mean he's leaving the team. Anyways, nice dramatic pause there. So, all right. So we're back. We're gearing up. We have Jim Cummings stopping in here. Now, I guess with Jim stopping in all uh, the team here, you know, we got everybody here now. I guess if there's any questions you want to ask Jim, what would be some of those pressing questions on your mind since the last time we've had him on the show? Because for me, you know, I have so many things popping out of my head. What would be something you guys think we should ask him when we have him on? Nothing. See, he's a super. He's a superstar. You've accomplished <laughs> everything. You're great. You could mash up two Disney characters. Who would you do? <laughs> well, I think he's already accomplished the mashup with uh, uh, a duck character and a Batman. So I think he's accomplished it. No, I want to know if he could bring any characters together, like Jonathan asked us. Which ones would he put together? I would wonder about Illuminations because he recorded the intro for that. And just what does he think about being part of a park show that's still so well celebrated, so well attended every night? I mean, he's done so much. I mean, his list goes on and on. He's like right up there with Rob Paulson and those guys. I mean, just the the catalog goes on and on and on. I mean, I always wondered if there was any character that he wished he could have done. He's done so many, but is there one that he wanted that he, you know, thinks back and wishes he could have done that one? Or and to build off off of that one may he that he may have turned down, maybe not have been offered, but turned down instead. Definitely. I mean, yeah, those are some good questions too. I mean, because you know, of course, we're going to tackle the normal things. You know, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger. We've we've tackled some of that stuff in the past, but you know, we like to change it up here. So it's you know, especially now with uh, you know, I, for me, it's Star Wars and how he's part of that whole legacy with the Clone Wars and now coming into Star Wars Rebels and, you know, being part of that whole phenomenon. I mean, now he's just adding another layer there into the galaxy far, far away. Yeah. It's in silence because no one's actually Star Wars fans here. I know. Oh, I love not, Star Wars. None of us. <laughs> I just watched the season finale the other day. <laughs> a little behind, but I'm I'm, catch, I'm catching up. Okay, well, Sitset, since talking about being behind and getting caught up on TV shows here, you know, shifting gears here. What is that one, I guess, Disney movie or TV show that's kind of like your deep, dark secret? Your one that, you know, no one's around. I'm going to make sure I watch it. This is the one I'm going to watch. You want deep, dark secret? <laughs> I think Jason has an answer. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's the black right. hole. What is it? Oh, that darn cat. No. <laughs> The Daft Darn Cat remake. <laughs> no, <laughs> love Christina Ricci, but please. Uh, um, yeah, I, I was a sweet life of Zach and Cody. <laughs> with that, uh. with that, but I even went as far as like sweet life on deck. Okay, oh, man. I was still in that age range at that point, so I still watched it instead of my <laughs> I sister. I wasn't supposed to be in that age range. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now, now, what about what about movie? Do you have a movie like that, or any of you? Because now you're 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 all going to feed off Jason, so you know. <laughs> I can't. That, there's not really a lot of in. Well, I wouldn't say embarrassing movies or that deep dark secret kind of movie that you're like. I, I hate to admit I like that movie. I'm I'm, I'm proud of the movie portion. I think. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Till he looks back. What treasures no, of Montecumbe? Oh my, man. My, 
I'm looking at all my movies now going, oh, well, maybe. <laughs> you know, Gus wasn't that great of a movie. Don Knotts or not. <laughs> he made a better figure in, in Infinity. Uh, Some of the ones that were kind of like the B movie, the ones that were like uh, not the big one that they were promoting that year. There was like the secondary movies, the ones that weren't coming out in the summer. Like I, Emperor's New Groove for me was just fantastic, <laughs> even though it's kind of. I even I even like Home on the Range. Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> I, even go with that. I am a tangled above frozen kind of person. So yeah, it's like this, there we go. Yep. <laughs> I'm with Dominic on Home on the Range. That uh, that by far there there is something about that movie. It still touches me in a in a good way. Hey, hey. Alan Menken scores. It's the others. Yeah, even the original cast before they got recast. I thought it was going to be a great film. So, well, isn't the ultimate BT movie The Lion King versus Pocahontas? That was... <laughs> no, I thought that was Pocahontas too. When he, she goes and takes that trip over to the New World and has, and oh, has a spot treatment. Oh. <laughs> the time when he tried to go historically accurate by throwing in John Rolfe and turning John Smith into a terrible person. <laughs> we won't. We won't bring up any of the other social diseases or anything like that. <laughs> All right, come on, Cody. I'm sure you got something out there. Movie, I'm not TV show, anything. <laughs> no shame, no shame, no shame here. Uh, I'll watch it in front of anybody. Uh, um, let's see. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's um, I, mean, I don't know. You're you're hanging out. You're hanging out at work. All the guys are by their Peter belts. You're like, hey, by the way, you know, you see Little Mermaid the other day. I mean, <laughs> come on, there has to be something. Well, who hasn't? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you watch Ariel's Beginnings? Yeah. No, no, I don't. No, I saw the one I liked, and I wasn't going to stray from that. <laughs> don't, I don't mess around with that crap. No. Sequel. The animated sequels I've ever watched were the Aladdin ones, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk about it. Um, I bet you, you've, I bet you, you've seen other animated sequels and liked them. I can name no. one right now that you love. I don't count that one. Rescuers Down Under. Oh, come on. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay. So there's, there's, so there's one. There's one. And the only reason, Jonathan, that I like that is, of course, the is main character is... because it's considered canon? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... Well, yeah, it's Cody. So as a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, look, I'm famous. You know, I didn't even know it. So <laughs> You um, hide that Australian accent so well. <laughs> I've been working really hard on it. It took me a long time, but <laughs> I bet you I could name some other sequels that you really like. You don't Mighty need Mighty them. Mighty Ducks two and three. I, no, I actually no. Mm, original. <laughs> what about the pirate sequels? <laughs> Tron. Uh, I find my I find myself watching a lot of that stuff though. Like I secretly was a kicking it kind of guy. I loved that show. I yeah, don't know you why. Have the, you have your I, karate. I love that show. Mm. I mean, you had your connection to that, though. Yeah. I mean, for me, it would have to be probably the horse in the gray flannel suit. I mean, <laughs> it's not, you know, I mean, only because it's not, uh, it's not usually what people think about when they think of Disney right away. But Fred I mean, right. That I, Ex especially for a Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, sure. But, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's, it has a special connection, you know. It holds something, holds a special place in my heart, guys. How how would so. how would they make how would they make that movie now though? Like because the horse was named after a drug, 
So now they'd be like, yes, now we're racing Viagra. It'd be named after a politician. <laughs> Don't they do that now? We call it NASCAR. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a male enhancement car running around there. You could have Kurt Russell back on to reprise his role in the remake. Oh, uh, don't. Why are you going? Why are you doing this? It, this was a really good show in the beginning here, and I don't know what you've got to do. Unsubscribe is just going off the chart. Ding, 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 ding. I will, I will put, put in the disclaimer. Place, you need to turn yes. around. All right. Disclaimer for all the D-heads out there. Don't worry. Next week, we'll be back to our normally scheduled programming. <laughs> we may now. not be normal. <laughs> you won't yeah, have to- I like I like some of the old old cartoons like Gummy Bears and you know I'm I'm not going to work telling the guys I'm watching Gummy Bears or anything like that. So I don't know. I'm I'm that kind of guy. I will walk into work throwing fist pump in the air, just screaming Gummy Bears. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to thank you for playing that theme song the other, last week because it's been stuck in my head for. <laughs> Couple weeks now. I, I find myself humming it while I'm working. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, all of you D heads, I'm going to take a break here and wrap it up here with the D team for a little bit. Because coming up shortly here in just a couple of minutes, we have Jim Cummings stopping back to help us celebrate our seventh anniversary. Yes, 172 shows, over 184 guests. Seven years in the making. Yes, Disney On Demand, we're seven years old. So we're going to break off here. And when I come back, we are going to have everybody here. Jim Cummings in the studio talking with us. And uh, we'll be right back. So much for Nathan's 930, you know. I think it'd be, you know, a little more if he actually well, called from, from the game. You know, he could have called from the game in the stands and said, hey, I'm here. Listen to everyone cheering for your seventh anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Game's over, 5-2. If you listen back to maybe two, three weeks ago, there was a time when I never said the show number. Mm -hmm. And I just kept saying the week of because I kept saying the wrong show number the entire (laughs) time I recorded. (laughs) So I just started editing it all out. And I'm like, crap. Well, at least we know what week it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Welcome to show number 142. <laughs> right. Oh, trust me, I've done that a number of times, and I'm sure you could tell. Like, right, <laughs> to put the Stephen Hawking's <laughs> voice in there. Totally different. <laughs> All right, Lulu, let's get to it, darling. Come on, shout! Just follow the bouncing butt. We're gonna take it down. We're gonna take it down. We're gonna take it all the way down.
Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones on the small screen, the voices behind all the talent. And with us here this week is somebody that stopped in here on the show back in 2012. He's back once again to grace us with his presence. You know him as Darkwing Duck, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger 2, Hondo from Lego Star Wars, and so much more. I could go on and on and on. We have none other than the talented Jim Cummings here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. And a good morning to you. I'm glad to be it, here, Jonathan. How are things oh, in it, that DODville? <laughs> they are doing good. I mean, you know, we're still here seven years and kicking, so it has to be a good sign that we're here being able to revisit with you again. That's right. Seven and counting. And many more to come. Oh, always, always. Now, you know, because of that, we don't want to go through what we went through last time, talking about the early days of your band and things like that. But the one thing that I do want to tackle once more, of course, is what led you down the road of voice acting for, you know, any of our new listeners tuning in right now? Well, you know, when I I was accidentally uh, training myself as a child, you know, doing dolphin noises in the back of the room, uh, you know, in first grade. And, you know, so I, you know... We don't have dolphins here at St. Columbus, you know, but uh, I got kicked out of class a little bit. But, you know, I was always in plays and uh, things like that. And I always knew, uh, honestly, since I was like four or five, that I was going to be doing something like this. It would be either singing or, or you know, and I, I can remember my dad uh, pointing to Mel Blanc, who's on a TV show, uh, Tonight Show or something could have been. I don't remember. He said, you see this guy here? He's the guy that does all those voices you like that. That Taz and Foghorn and Bugs and I said, oh yeah, and I was thinking, all I could think of is, well, this guy's not getting yelled at, you know, he doesn't have to stand in the corner for being loud and proud, you know, people like it when he does that stuff. So I thought maybe I'll join that club, you know. <laughs> so, so I had an uh, an early target at an early time. So, uh, and you know, Monkey Hour turned into. A, a career so it, it worked out you know i turned the tables well definitely you know and it has been fruitful for you i mean going on to take over such roles as tigger and winnie the pooh and of course pete you know mickey mouse is always nemesis and i guess not necessarily he's not necessarily a nemesis on mickey mouse clubhouse he's more of a uh a brooding friend yeah he's he's kind of a, a galoot i, I think <laughs> you know he, he went from full-blown villain to annoyance to right right at this point i'd say he's uh He's in the galoot category, whatever the hell that is, right? <laughs> now, when it came to doing a lot of these different voices and whatnot, you know, picking up the torch for many of these characters, I guess what was it like, you know, going on with some of these characters that continue to be staples in the Disney pantheon of characters like Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Pete? I guess what is it like knowing that these are characters that they really never disappear? They are always active and always getting passed on to generations. Yes, I, I agree. You know, they they have uh, periods of greater activity, but uh, but you know they're all still there. And I I uh, you know I I uh, I, I hope that uh, the word evergreen is uh, applicable here. You know, and um, I, I you know I think the thing is that uh, you know Pooh and Tigger first they came from literature, anyway. You know, so so that was kind of a an advantage there, I think. But also. Um, you know, they're not tied to a trend. They're not like a, a skateboard or a pog, if you can remember the pogs. I mean, there are all these different, you know, and the 
the little what was that the, the little Seiko machines that you had to feed your your digital pets. You know, those are fads that come and go. But uh, you know, certain characters like that, well, they they're just not. You know, they're not uh, they're uh, they're not tied to any trend, and so as a result. You know, and and all of the stories, they're all they're they're all very heartwarming, and they're all universal themes. So, you know, those aren't really going to go anywhere. You know, I I jokingly say, well, I said, well, you know, uh, you've been doing this for over a generation now, and I yes, that's true. But I I think a Winnie the Pooh and Tigger generation is what three or four years. We got a fresh crop of three year olds all the time, you know, and then you start at three. And then I, I have to say, uh, you know, from letters and people that I meet and, you know, emails and, you know, the fans that are out there of, of Pooh and Tigger, they, they start at three, but they really don't end. Uh, you could be 80, 93 and, and come up and, you know, little grandma will be having on her Winnie the Pooh hat and her Tigger t-shirt and, and she'll get something signed, you know, and she's, She's, you know, she's been a Pooh fan since she was three. And of course, back then, I, I would think it was the, the literature that brought her in. But you know, now there's there's plenty, there's plenty out there. So I, they're, I always say they're evergreens, you know. And it's kind of like an honor to be carrying the the tradition and and the. Uh, the beauty of those characters forward. Well, definitely. And like you said, it starts early on. I mean, I have a four-year-old daughter who watched Doc McStuffins not too recently, and Winnie the Pooh is on there. So right away, Pooh is back again. It, it's it's like a it's like that, you know, it's like that that meal that mom makes. You always come back to it and it just it puts you right back in this place. Yes. Although there are no zombies uh involved in this. They just keep coming back, but not like that, okay? Let's get that straight. Okay. No zombie poo. Although I'm pretty sure that somebody's going to be making a t-shirt now, but we're doomed. <laughs> oh, well. Too late. Well, you know, aside from, you know, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and the staples, like I said, you know, those are topics that you cover many times, uh, you know, over and over because you are such an integral role into all of that. And, uh, you know, with that, too, some of the things that continue to go on as legacies that are completely different is something like Illuminations and, you know, something that was a staple at the parks for 20 years. I guess what was it like doing something like that where you are entertaining thousands and thousands of people every night for 20 years with a celebration like that. Yeah, illuminations. Yeah, I know. I I uh I have to say, you know, I I'm it, it's just an honor. You know, it's a, it's an anonymous one and I'm fine with that, but you know, when I when I was there and I saw uh you know, ultimately the the whole the whole presentation with the and then, you know, I remember uh having forgotten the that he blows out all the lights. At the at the last part of the, the the story there, and I thought, oh, that's right, that's so magical, and it's so Disney, and they all go out in sequence as if it was one big giant breath going, and you know the result, and then of course, apparently they they've uh, got this whole fireworks thing down pretty pat down there, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know I I can only imagine in years gone by people would have looked at that and thought this is actual magic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've made a sorcerer mad somewhere, you know, and it's just so awesome. It is truly, it's one of, I, awesome isn't a word that I use except that when something is, fills me with awe. And, uh, I mean, that's, you know, I'm not one of those guys. Would you like a whole wheat or regular? Well, whole wheat. Oh, awesome. No, that's not awesome. That's whole wheat. <laughs> but this is awesome. <laughs> it's awe inspiring. And, uh, I'm, I'm just honored. I'm, I'm pleased and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, 
that it's it's still going. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it'll. I hopefully it's there when I'm gone. I'd I'd be fine with that. Well, you know, and it's one of those things too, where you know, Disney fans, people that love the parks, uh, you know, these are staples that they love. They don't ever want to let go, and that's also going to lead me into another character that you voice that everybody loves, and of course. Darkwing Duck. And everybody loves Darkwing Duck, the Disney afternoon, that golden age, and with DuckTales making its reprise, when are we going to see Darkwing Duck come back? Well, funny you should ask. Hmm. Coincidenza? Hard to say. No, I, you know, I'm, I, you know, Darkwing uh, Launchpad was from uh, St. Canard, so uh, there's that. I'm, you know, because he, he worked for Uncle Scrooge, and that's how you pronounce it, by the way, Uncle. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, if you've read your comic books, you know that. But um, there's every possibility that that uh, I mean, I, I I don't remember how far Duckburg is away from Saint Bernard, but how far could it be, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I have to, I got to believe that the Thunderquack could make it over there in, a, in an emergency. You know, I I, I who knows? I mean, maybe Darkwing comes back and saves the day some day. <laughs> as soon as we find a day that needs saving, you know, of course, uh, you, you, you know, and if any of the writers are listening to this and think that'd be a good idea, well, then you'll just have to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because I'm as big a fan of Disney Afternoon as anybody, even though I kind of was in, in most of the shows. uh you know, I I have to say, well, people say, what's it like? What's it like? Honestly, I, I'm in the audience. I don't I don't think of it as me doing this or me voicing or singing that. I'm just watching the show, and I hope it hope it's good. You know, <laughs> I'm totally I'm a, like a an old kid. You know, it's like oh wait wait. You know, it's uh you know, and, and plus you do them so far in advance, you kind of forget a little bit of the plot anyway. So I'm as excited as anybody else, and I, I love the animation. I don't know if you guys have seen any of it out there, but uh, it just looks so crisp and so sizzling. And uh, and I'm really, really proud of Mickey's Roadster Racers. Uh, just well, debuted that... and just went through the roof. Like, n- nothing ever has been this bodacious. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, you know, and that's because there's a lot of great things. I love Mickey's Roadster Racers, but I think that's also because it goes back to that throwback of the old, uh, the wacky races, and it makes me think of that. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good show for girls and boys because, uh, you know, Minnie and, and Daisy, they're out there. They got the Happy Helpers. They're we got boats for days, and you know, all the little girls are having fun, and I ought to know because I've got. I have four daughters. Two are two are a little older to to watch the show, but the other two are right there, and uh, you know, so I know they're there. And then next thing you know, all the guys hop into sort of souped up drag racers and Hot Wheels cars, and they're off to the road. So every all the food groups are represented here. You know what I mean? Everybody's <laughs> happy at Mickey's Roadster Racers, and it looks great too. And I and I have to admit, I do like Pete's racer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly, one of the fun things about that is, uh, you know, I jokingly say, well, I'm tied for first place as the oldest Disney character because, yeah, Pete was in Steamboat Willie. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> does anybody recognize that song? But uh, <laughs> so it, so he's tied for first place as being the oldest Disney character. And, uh, you know, he's still around. And I'm I'm just as honored as I could be to 
to still be uh, annoying Nick, Nicky and Goofy and Donald after all these years. And it's great because they go around the cut, they go around the world, and there's a uh, Italian version of Pete, there's a British version of Pete. Uh, they go to Spain, they go to Hawaii, they go all around racing these cars and having too much fun. And there's always a, a Pete there to harass them, to throw a monkey <laughs> wrench into the into the thing. So it's 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 great. So I hope everybody's having a good time with that show. And the ratings came out, and they went through the roof. They thought they were fake or something. It was like a hoax. It was too good. And they go, oh, okay, let's get some more of these. So we're starting on the second season already, and the first season had barely been underway. Oh, yeah. The, the, the ratings did go through the roof like crazy. And I think some of that is, you know, the kids love it. Everybody loves it, boys, girls, and, of course, even the adults. I find myself sitting there with my kids watching it and just in, into it as well. Oh, I do, too. You know, and it's a scream because... Jay Leno, um, he plays, uh, Billy Beagle and, uh, you know, and he, and, you know, and he sounds just like Jay Leno. And it's not that I'm doing a good Jay Leno, but it's hysterical because, uh, you know, Jay comes in and it's like a hobby for him. And he comes in and he does his lines and he's like a kid, you know, it's, he digs it. And then he gets into one of his crazy, it, honestly, he, he looks like a roadster racer, uh, because he's got like 40 cars. And I remember he was in a 1927 Stutz Bearcat that he was working on. And the bumper was like three feet out away from the chassis. I mean, two and a half, easily. And he knocked out a, a fence post behind the studio. It's like, <laughs> okay, Jay, see ya. Thanks for coming. You know, it's just, <laughs> just kind of, it cracks me up. You know, uh, life imitating art imitating life <laughs> definitely you know and it's it's those things that just you know it makes it memorable for you makes it fun on set and of course you know you watching it as well and that's going to lead us to something else that continues on um i guess beyond this earth and let's get into star wars and portraying hondo who everyone knows from clone wars so much more star wars rebels and hondo never seems to go away what's it like being part of the star wars universe? yeah yeah i well you know i was just uh honored i he was uh Gosh, was it season one or two, maybe, of Clone Wars? He he came in and, uh, you know, bless his heart, he, he was written so well. He's kind of like uh, Jack Sparrow and uh, Harry Mudd and Harry Houdini all wrapped up together. I mean, he's not particularly uh, a true, true villain, but, man, I wouldn't mess with him. You know, and, and I also wouldn't want to play cards with him either, and he's not going to be getting <laughs> Citizen of the Year awards. But he's just so much fun, you know. I mean, and once you understand him, he's no, he's he's a businessman, and uh, quote unquote, just ask him. Of course, he you could call him a pirate, and he wouldn't disagree. And you know, they just let me have all the fun. I, I you know, I always like a job uh, where the the writers and the producers are are open to ad libs and and uh, you know improv, and and that's what I, I did so much of that with Hondo. Uh, especially like with, with he and Anakin when they would argue, you know, with James Arnold Taylor and I would end up cracking each other up because we, we get to the point where none of this is in the script, you know, it's like, and you look in there and Dave Filoni's laughing and if, and if, and if, and if Dave's laughing, then George is laughing, you know, so as long as everybody's laughing, I'll keep taking it. And I was so honored because they, they even told us when, uh, Clone Wars was over. Uh, because it is going chronologically, you know, the Clone Wars lasted for X amount of years, therefore, that's how long the seasons could be, right? Well, 30 years later, cut to 25 years, 20, 30 years later, Hondo's still around, and, uh, I was so happy because they, they flat out said none of the characters are coming back from 
Clone Wars are ever going to be in Rebels because it's a different scene, it's a different time period, it's in the Star Wars universe has moved and progressed to this level and blah blah. And I, I really, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really know why. I hope it was just because they liked it, but. I mean, maybe the ratings weren't something they thought, well, let's bring back somebody that everybody kind of like, love to hate. I can't tell if you hate to love him or love to hate him, but I, I think you like him in general. And, and they brought Pondo back, and he clicked well with Ezra, and uh, and he made Zeb mad. So everyone was happy, therefore. And, you know, he aggravated Zeb and got along with Ezra and uh, and annoyed Hera, but she kind of rolled her eyes and put up with him, so he keeps coming back. I did one yesterday. <laughs> Well, you know, and he is one of those characters that everybody, you know, like you said, you either you love to hate him or you, you know, hate to love him. But he's one of those characters that is now a staple in the Star Wars universe. And, you know, you you portrayed so many characters like that that stick around and, you know, characters even where it was just portrayed like Ray the Firefly and Princess and the Frog. Now, that's going to lead me to, you know, are there any characters that you have uh, brought to life over the years that you've done one time, two times, and you are just itching. You would love the chance to bring that character to life once again. Uh, well, gosh, uh, for that matter, Ray is a good example of that. I think you know, I uh, uh, always joke around. I say, well, if they ever did a sequel to Princess and the Frog, it, you know, Ray Ray died during the first movie. So I, I told the producers, I said, now let's let's remember, if you ever get around to writing a sequel, don't forget they have to ask themselves, what would Ray do? Boom, I'm in a flashback. So I'm just putting it out there, just letting you know, planting the seed, you know, uh, so everybody starts thinking about that and, and we'll all get the law of attraction going, right? But no, Ray, Ray is definitely way up there. He was, uh, you know, I spent so much time in New Orleans as a kid. I was a deckhand on a riverboat and I lived, you know, I was like the only non-Cajun for months at a time out on the, the Mississippi River or the Gulf or wherever and, and I just had that culture just, you know, absorbed into, you know, I had no choice. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was fun. You know, I wouldn't trade it for the world, that's for sure. And uh, But Ray was just such a heart warmer. You know, he's like a modern-day Jiminy Cricket almost, uh, if I could place him somewhere, because he was part conscience, part mentor, part spirit guide, and definitely comedy relief. So, uh, you know, that's not a bad combo. I'll take that anytime. <laughs> well, you know, and bringing a lot of these, bringing a lot of these characters to life too, you know, it, it, you make it seem so easy, but we know it's not easy work. That's the thing. It's really hard work. Now, is there any character out there that you have brought to life over the years that was just, it was the hardest time to either get the dialogue out, to bring the character to life, and you were just struggling with it going, all right, now this really feels like work. Ah, uh, boy. Uh, honestly, no. Uh-uh. Because, you know, you're either comfortable or you're, you're going to do it or you're not, you know. And I've never been uh, in a situation where it's like, ah, I just can't see, you know, where you turn into Orson Welles. You people are such pests. Never in my life. I've never had that, you know. I've had a few bad directors and commercial things uh, because, uh, you, you know, like a radio spot or a TV spot and they think they're kind of, they get Spielberg disease and, you know, we're, we're Hey, listen, we're selling uh, motor oil here, okay? So let's not, you know. But <laughs> I thought we were selling Wheaties. It's going to be fine, right? But, uh, you know, some people take this stuff too seriously, but I've never been, you know, up against the wall where I, I got nothing for this and blah, blah, you know. And, you know, I, uh, I I think we're all very fortunate, and especially in voiceover. You know, you don't have to 
worry about uh, makeup or lighting or wardrobe or what you look like or anything. So as a result, it's either, you know, you're going to make it work right off the bat or there's nothing there or you're not doing it, right? So, uh, so far, so good. <laughs> 30, <laughs> 32 years and counting, whatever it is. Yeah. In fact, well, yeah, uh, in August, it'll be 30 years I've been Winnie the Pooh. So that's kind of nice. 30 years. See, that it's amazing when you think back to that and have it being 30 years and doing Winnie the Pooh still, just like I said, as recently as in Doc McStuffins. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, you're looking back, you're like, hey, I took over Winnie the Pooh. And hey, here, I'm still doing Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yes. Well, it's because I've uh, kept up with my honey. And uh, you just got to keep on bouncing sometimes. Otherwise, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, right? Well, you know, with that, too, you know, you've portrayed so many different characters, not just from the Disney, uh, you know, pantheon of characters, but also, you know, Tasmanian Devil and so many others. And with that, I guess, you know, moving forward here, we did have one question from a listener who we actually didn't think of this one, but they said it's 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 going to be a really hard one. I will say that and you'll probably have to give the political answer. But if there were your top three characters that you brought to life, who would they be? Hmm. Well, you know, um. I think Pooh and Tigger are almost in their own category. You know, they came, they've been around since the 1920s, since in literature, you know. Uh, so, you know, that being said, it's really got to be, I, I love, love, love uh, Ray from Princess and the Frog because he's so close to my heart. I mean, my love in New Orleans and uh, my my little girl, Gracie, I mean, she looked exactly like Princess Tiana. She was four when the movie came out, and uh, Princess Tiana was about four when the movie started. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you, couldn't, you, you couldn't have told her she wasn't Princess Tiana. And then, then she got along well with Anika, the actual Princess Tiana, Anika Nani Rose, and uh, that was just a wonderful thing. So, uh, plus New Orleans, I mean, it even had food in it. Come on, are you kidding me? So Ray is <laughs> Ray's way up there. And uh, Darkwing is really one of my all-time favorites and gosh uh, uh it's got to be uh, i mean hondo's in there too hondo onaka because uh, i i think i get attached to the ones where they let me just play the most on you know where i i can pour all my own whatever sensibilities i bring to it um and and those three darkwing ray and hondo are way up there i mean and mr bumpy see i could be here all day i'll eventually you know three hours later I'll have covered every, you know, and it's still, those are my favorites. But no, but I guess with the, you know, with the pedal to the metal here, I guess, uh, yeah, it would be those three. Pooh and Tigger in their own category, Darkwing Ray and, and, uh, Hondo. And, uh, now I'm gonna have fans mad at me for not remembering to say fill in the blank. So yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, with that, you're you're continuing to expand your library, as always, and bring characters to life. And like I said, you know, we had you on, you know, almost five years ago, and you were working on so many different things then. What are you working on now that you can let us in on, I guess, that isn't affected by a non-disclosure? Sure. Well, uh, on uh, OKKO, on Cartoon Network, I'm Lord Boxman, coming to a TV near you. And uh, also, uh, the Mighty Magiswords, in and out of there, I'm doing Buford and a few other fantastic characters, whatever Kyle throws at me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, different things. And, and uh, we just wrapped the uh, the Transformers bit that uh, I did. I was clamped down in Thermidor for a season or two, so it's always good to have an extra Transformer or two. 
you know. <laughs> and uh, just, uh, well, like I said, Hondo is back in uh, Lego Star Wars and uh, Star Wars Rebels again. He's been in all three shows, which is kind I. Uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody in the Twitterverse or, you know, Facebookverse, Disneyverse out there will, will be able to correct me, but I think he may be the only character that was in Clone Wars, Rebels, and, uh, Lego Star Wars. I could be wrong, but we'll see. Um, and, uh, gosh, you know, uh, I always end up, it's ridiculous. Oh, Puss in Boots is kind of a, a fun one. I'm El Guante Blanco. And the great Eric Bowser is doing an amazing Puss in Boots. Um, and so that's a lot of fun. I get to be sort of his mentor figure. And, uh, oh gosh, uh, many things are coming and going. Then there's a couple movies that I can't talk about because they're, and they have nothing to do with the abominable snowman. Oops. Wait, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all. So yeah. And then I'll, don't worry, as soon as we hang up, I'll remember like three more. Okay, so <laughs> don't worry, Jonathan. Well, the list continues to go on and on, and we know you're busy. You know, it took us a while to connect back up here with your busy schedule and our busy schedule. And, you know, we're glad that you were able to stop in here. And this week we celebrate seven years, so we are glad to have you celebrate that with us here. Now, with that, and, you know, as you were one of our early on guests early in those seven years, I guess with that, for anybody that wants to become a voice actor, because, you know, it is, uh, you know, it's one of those things where some people think they can do it when really you can just do one funny voice and other people really want to break into it. Is there any tip that you would like to give somebody out there who is aspiring that you've touched their life and they're like, I want to try to do that one day? Yes. Um, you know, James Arnold Taylor and D. Bradley Baker have uh, really cool websites out there. Check them out, please. They're, they're both enormously scary, talented guys. And... Um, and they can get you going in the right direction. But for me, I mean, you know, I uh, I was always in plays. So do a community theater because a lot of people get hung up and they say, well, I'm working on a voice, a voice, a voice. No, you're not. You're working on a character. That's just how it sounds. Get out of the, I'm in the voice. I'm doing a voice. I'm doing a voice. Well, then you might as well be reading a phone book, you know. I mean, if somebody says, well, my brother-in-law does the best fill-in-the-blank impression of the world. But you have to be able to cry and and yell in pain and be sick and get hurt and be happy and all sound like the same person and uh, with the same attitude. And, you know, I, I tell people, I say, you know, people do impressions. If it's a perfect, perfect impression of somebody everybody knows, that's great. You can use that. If it's a perfect impression of somebody that nobody in the whole world knows but you, that's great because that's a new character for you. And if you do a terrible impression of somebody that everybody knows and you can't even tell who the heck it is, that's a new character for you, you know, <laughs> and and, uh, and just hold on to that. And remember that, um, you know, people, you know, it's a voice actor voice and they, they concentrate on the voice. Well, it's uh, just starting to put it well the other day. He said, you know, uh, it, you got to have a small V and a large A if you're saying voice actor, because that's you know you're 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 an actor. We think of yourself as a character actor who you're doing characters. You're not doing voices. You're doing characters, and that's just how they sound. You know, get that get that mindset going in, and uh, you know you're not doing a, a 
sound of an Italian baker. You're an Italian baker speaking. Very cool. Yeah, definitely words of wisdom, you know, where you're bringing it to get to life. Like you said, you're an actor and you just you just happen to be using your voice. So they're bringing that imagination to life. So, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, take this trip down your, you know, your career. We know that you're not slowing down anytime soon. So is there any final words you'd like to leave out there for everybody listening in that are fans of Jim, fans of the characters that you've brought to life, fan of everything you've done where you know they meet you at these autograph conventions and conventions and people that you've touched their lives and now you know they're passing it on to their kids who are touched is there any final words you'd like to leave for them well first of all stay tuned and that's with two o's not a u and uh yes just you know do it just um you know they weren't waiting on me that's for sure uh you know i, I can't do anything but encourage people to uh, pursue and just uh, put it in your head that this is what you're going to do. And if you want to do that, then jump in with both feet. Go out and do sock puppet shows to your nieces, nephews, kids. and uh, You know, just pursue it and do it. And, and don't shy away. And don't be afraid. Because people, you know, uh, an actor friend of mine uh, told me once, he goes, I, I, animation is great because it's the freedom to be an a-hole. And, and, you know, and, and you don't have to worry because no one's seeing you. So, I mean, if you look like an idiot, who cares? And and I thought, well, okay, sure. So, <laughs> you know, don't be afraid to fail. People say, well, I'm, I'm too nervous. I'm really thinking about becoming a voice actor. I said, well, then just you're an actor then. Be an actor. And then have an interesting voice. Because when I was a kid, I'd be, I'd be 12 years old. I didn't want to be the little prince. I wanted to be the hermit who lived in the cave or the wizard or the troll. Because it was just more fun. It was a bigger stretch. Of course, I could sound like a twelve-year-old boy. I was a twelve-year-old boy, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to sound. I didn't want to sound like me. I wanted to sound like the ogre or the monster or the wizard or you know. So uh, you know, and like I say, I was inadvertently training myself for that. So all these years later, I get to hang out with you. So tell them to do. So whatever I just said, do that. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, celebrate our anniversary, celebrate your illustrious career, and, uh, you know, good luck into the future, 2017, and here and beyond, and uh, hopefully we'll meet up with you at the upcoming C2E2, because we'll be there as well. So uh, thanks again, Jim, for stopping in. Excellent work. Keep up the good work, and stay dangerous, citizens. Darkwing out. Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. 
All right, all of you D-heads, we're back. I hope you enjoyed, you know, Jim Cummings. Thanks for stopping in, Jim, once again, celebrating our seventh anniversary with all of us. You know, having fun here. It was an honor having you on the first time and, of course, returning. And like I said during our interview, can't wait to see you at C2E2 and uh, chat some more with you. So with that, we're still here celebrating seven years of the show. We have Cody, Paige, Aaron, Jason, and Dominic here. And, of course, the hockey game is over and there's still no Nathan. I'm just saying, don't judge. But with that, it's our seventh anniversary. We're here, I guess, moving forward here as we hopefully don't lose any other people. You know, looking back, what else do you guys see? Uh, you know, looking back, have you guys seen over the years that's your favorite things? Nothing. You guys, you guys hate, the, you guys hate the show. I love how you keep finding guests that just, you know, have the uh, connection to Disney and you're just, and you don't know it, so mm-hmm. that, that's always cool. And the, the, like we've talked about previously, the different things that you find in between to uh, to fill the show, like the the Pollyanna song you sang, she sang about Jimmy Bean. It's like I didn't even know that existed until you played it on this show. And I mean, you find some of the coolest things to just continue to make this show even more special each week. I think the other things that we look for, and and you know, we we know the main stars or the big stars, but like. People that you don't think about or see, like when we did uh, for Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, or things like that, you know, like, or, or authors who are writing books about the parks or about the company itself and having such a unique tie. I think, I think that's what also makes us so special. Mm-hmm. I guess with that, too, how do you guys bring that, I guess, how do you try, try to bring that something special to each of your segments? I mean, all the listeners, they love listening to everybody here. I mean, I get the emails, you know, I share them with you guys as well, I guess. How do you go about getting in that mindset of how do you want to bring the magic to everybody else? Like for me, it's just, I want to be the most eclectic person on the planet, you know, from, from new listeners to old listeners to I just the entire spectrum. So I guess what, what kind of mindset do you guys get into when you're recording? (laughs) I think. I think my first thing is I always look at is like, okay, maybe not what is the most obscure, but what is something that somebody may never have seen or I may have seen only once or twice that I want to relive or want to go back to. And then for me to be able to reconnect with it and then give it to somebody else, it's like when you take somebody to Disney World for the first time and you walk through the turnstiles and you see the castle. It's like that magic feel. And that's what I want to try to bring every time I bring something new to the segment. Mm-hmm. Well, my wife always accuses me of being a know-it-all. So, hey, on the show, I get to be the know-it-all. So, <laughs> that's fun. I mean, for me, with the with uh, Magical Music Reviews, I sometimes I'll pull out ex- obscure, but a lot of times I try and keep it things that maybe aren't always the first thing you remember. Like, last week with the Disney Afternoon Songbook, it's like, all those theme songs or songs from everybody growing up. And sometimes I can get on the really analytical side like I did with, with Beauty and the Beast and going into the scores and everything, but I try and keep it not as like technical termed. I like making it personable because everybody has their own attachments to onto all these songs. I mean these songs are classics. They're well known to some people, some people more than others, but Everybody has that feeling, and it's that magic, like like Jason said, when you walk into the Magic Kingdom and you see the castle, I mean, all of this brings memories to you. And this is my only 
music outlet anymore since I'm not in band anymore. And it gives me that opportunity to bring Disney and music together in in this setting instead of just me enjoying it on my own. Nobody else, Dominic and Cody, don't get into any realm at all. They're just like, Disney? I, I, I'm usually playing Islands of Adventure soundtrack while I'm getting in the zone. And you're done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to help people not go crazy in a place that's way too large, especially if they don't have enough time to do it at all. Absolutely. So if uh, I see people just melt down a lot, I see people get really frustrated a lot, and uh, there's no need. You really can navigate the place no matter how much time you did. You take. Uh, you could be there for weeks. You could be there for a couple days. You still have a good time. So that's that's kind of my goal going into like writing a script for a segment. Uh, if I only had X amount of hours, mm-hmm. uh, how would I use them? And then if I wasn't me, if I wanted to vacation a different way, and I only had X amount of hours or X amount of money, uh, how would I go about having a, a totally different vacation than the ones I take, but still have a good time? Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of times with my segment, I, I'm learning as much as I'm trying to to put out there too so that's that's always cool so yeah i mean i guess for me it's uh um it's just really neat uh when i'm looking up to see who we've got coming on and see everything they've been into and uh everything they've done and a lot of people don't know it so i mean to me it's just it's really exciting to see what they've all done uh aside from the popular things that we all know and love so i mean for me i guess it's just uh i just try to bring a little excitement to it to kind of make people aware like hey you know they're they may have been in something that you've seen before and you didn't even recognize them or whatnot. So it's to me, I just, I try to get into a zone where I'm just trying to get upbeat and kind of get them excited to not only hear about what they already know them from, but you know, just what else they've been a part of and, and especially everything they've got coming up, you know, that's exciting and fun that uh, is in the works. So I just, I try to keep it a little upbeat and just, uh, I mean, there's, there's no ritual or anything I do, but <laughs> I mean, just uh, whatever stands out to me when I'm um, uh, looking to see who we got. I mean, some of the stuff just kind of, it blows me away, the things they've been a part of. And again, like I said, you know, I didn't I didn't even know. So, Well, si- since you like Rescuers Down Under because of Cody, uh, you, you have to get that Australian accent back since, you know, originally you took over for Lexi, who was an Aussie on our show. So That's we didn't have Australian Cody on our show. Oh, I'll try. I'll, I'll get. I'll have a. I'll have to start drinking some Australian beer or something. Maybe that'll do it. You gotta. Boss you gotta this. break out with that. You're like, <laughs> Australian for beer. <laughs> Good day, mate. This week on the Hollywood Walk. <laughs> I told Jonathan Watson when you first started taking over the segment. I said, and every time I hear the intro, it's weird not to hear an Australian accent. And Jonathan, mm. I was funny. I was thinking of. Uh, Use a you know Australian accent, so I was like, it's funny. (laughs) Uh, I'll see what I can do. So I guess with that, you know, as we digress here, so many different things. We had Jim Cummings on, kind of talked about a lot of different things. Like I said, when we do our fireside chats, it's way different than any other roundtable, just because we try to make it fun, just laid back, no real direction. We haven't even touched base really upon the parks, you know. So I guess with that too. That That's a whole nother can of worms. But the only thing I'll say about the parks is everyone talks about the magical tangled photographs. I don't know about you, but I don't see anything magical while standing in front of the restrooms.
Well, they are the most expensive and most beautiful restrooms in the in the Magic Kingdom. They are the so. bathrooms I have found on property. I will say you that. Are standing there waiting for for a small world, and you're like, you know, it doesn't sound half bad until you hear it go, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, they're bathrooms. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I've got to say, I've seen, I, I have a family member who was just down there um, a couple weeks ago for break and uh, took a picture with a friend of theirs, and I mean, it's one of the best photo ops I've ever seen. As bizarre as it is, the location, it's dark enough around them that really all you see is the two people in the lantern, and the lantern's hanging above them, so really, if you didn't know where that photo op takes place, you would never know that it happens in front of a restroom. See, this is this is the kind of photo op I want to have there. I want somebody to have, like, you know, have their picture around their significant other, you know, walking away, raising up the lantern, but then they have, like, that piece of toilet paper, like, hanging out their pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only at Disney do you get pictures of bathroom, trash cans, plates oh, of food... It's Only at Disney do you buy an ornament that looks like a trash can. That's right. Oh, we have the salt and pepper shaker set. <laughs> I mean, we, we have a couple of those, too. I mean, my mom let Corinne and I pick, uh, pick one. We each picked one, so we picked from our favorite lands in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> we, we have a fantasy land. We have an adventure land. Yeah. We have one for the Polynesian. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> totally normal, right? It is. <laughs> what what's what's gonna be next? Like Disney toilet paper where every time you pull off a sheet it has like some song lyrics or something? Oh, <laughs> no sheet. Uh, <laughs> I mean Disney will do almost anything now when it comes to merchandise. Right. Well I, I mean, think you can old, you, 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 you can market it. Earlier, they had old yellow dog food. I remember that was true. <laughs> old yellow dog food. We looked at it like it's been uneaten for years. <laughs> no, you find it under the porch. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, <laughs> but but it is true they can market pretty much anything. I mean, yeah. you know, Jason said it alone. You know, if they did toilet paper, they could call it you know with in a nice little box Disney sheets. <laughs> That's it, and it sounds pleasant. <gasps> and, and they can even add a Z at the end <laughs> for your poo. <laughs> and have Winnie the Pooh holding it. No. <laughs> New Pooh sheets. <laughs> From Disney. This is one of my favorite characters. Leave him alone. You have a little poo on you. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, thanks to Pooh sheets. <laughs> uh. Just saying, and, and they'd probably sell it for like $16.99, and somebody would buy one to use and one to keep on their shelf. Oh, really? <laughs> Mint in the box. I have Disney sheets. Mint in the box. Caitlin, this is what happens when you leave me alone with our brothers. <laughs> uh, it's all about the toilet humor. All about the toilet. Hey, with guys, it always comes down to poop jokes. I mean, come on. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, I guess we'll wrap things up here. You know, Nathan never made it in, so I think in the end. Let's cue up his music. Oh, wait. Is he coming? Nope, he didn't come. Never mind. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, with that said, we're wrapping up here. Like I said, it was a very informal, I guess maybe non-productive, non-informational 
seven-year anniversary show, but it was fun. We had lots of fun things here, lots of great things. And, of course, next week, like I said, we'll go back to our normal format and everything else. But thanks, team. You guys are the ones that make the show happen. Otherwise, everyone would have to listen to me every single week. So thank you guys for, you know, stopping in here, you know, doing your segments, making the magic, because the show wouldn't be here for the last seven years if it wasn't for the team. So thank you guys and all the listeners listening in that are still listening in after another roundtable. That's why we don't do them too often. Unless you found the five people who are like, oh my God, these are the best shows ever. You need to come back on. (laughs) (laughs) Forget the guests. These guys are amazing. (laughs) Well, I guess with that, in signing off here from the D team before we, you know, formally close out the show here and many other things, uh, I guess, is there anything anybody wants to say to all the listeners? Just thanks for always coming back every week. I mean, we do this show because we have listeners to do, uh, to share it with and because you guys enjoy the same things that we enjoy. So thanks for always sticking around with us, even when we're this crazy. <laughs> I have to echo that same sentiment because, you know, w- without you, the listener, we, we have nothing. And then we would just be talking to ourselves. So And that looks kind of funny when you're sitting, as Paige does, in a closet or, or me at a, <laughs> on a desk or, you know, just in bizarre places. So thank you for coming back day in and day out. And remember to come back next week, too. Yeah, please. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, My wife would like to thank you for giving me an outlet for Disney. That's not just her. So she appreciates (laughs) that very much. And, uh, you know, guys keep sending me in questions. And Cody and Dominic, don't thank yeah, anybody. They are self. No, they're, 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 yeah. they're too cool. Yeah, for they're all they're pulling the Tom Cruise. They're too cool for the room. No, we just hope you're listening. I've. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah. Thanks, thanks for listening. I mean, you know, I've been haven't been here as I haven't been here as long as some of the other members, but uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and I hope to continue doing it. And uh, yeah, so thank you for listening and giving me giving me a sense of purpose at least once a week, if nothing more. <laughs> Cody, right. I'm not lifting you up at like um, Mufasa. Well, <laughs> no, you are no no Simba for you. No Simba for me. <laughs> oh, unfortunate. My Rafiki <laughs> arms are not going to handle it. <laughs> oh, the first bit of artwork though that came out with that was when somebody drew Max and Goofy in the roles of Han and and Kylo Ren. I was like, that's just terrible. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> They they had it mapped out the entire scene. They had it completely drawn out. It was like, okay, even in their worst moments, Max is not that bad. Oh come on, I I have Mickey Mouse as Jason Voorhees. Well, that's <laughs> good point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know. It's there's something fine. there's something completely different about seeing Max stab a lightsaber through Goofy. <laughs> Moody emo Max who can't control emo his emotions. Man. My what the dog? Am I a man? Am I a dog? I don't know. You just got to be like something. I'm in the, the 330 show. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> Grumpy's pants fell down a couple weeks ago. I remember seeing that video in the Festival of Fantasy Parade or something. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, if you look at it from an adult point of view, it didn't look too good of what they were trying to do because his pants fell down. But then Snow White's on her knees pulling up his pants. Not <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Whistle while you work. 
put on that grin and start right in to whistle loud and long. Just hum a merry tune. Just do your best and take a rest and sing yourself a song. When there's too much to do, don't let it bother you. Forget your troubles, try to be just like the cheerful chick or D and whistle while you work. Come on, get smart and tune up and start to whistle while you wait. Just like that cheerful chick or D And whistle while you work Come on, get smart Tune up and start To whistle while you work Hey D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand Wow, it's dark in Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back. I hope you enjoyed our fireside chat celebrating seven years. And I want to extend a very special thank you to the one and only, the iconic Jim Cummings, once again, for stopping in with all of us, chatting, and helping us celebrate seven years of Diz Radio and Disney On Demand. And I'd also like to extend that thank you to the D-team. Yes, all of the D-team for stopping in here, chatting, and making the magic happen for all of you D-heads every single week. And finally, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. You are the reason we've been coming back at you every single week with the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. So it has been a very special show, a great fun romp. And next week, for show number 173, yes, we're going back to our normal show format. So if this was just something that wasn't your cup of tea, it was a little bit different, you're like... Don't ever do a roundtable again. Fear not. Next week, we go to our normal show format once again and return back to the show that you know and love. But it's always fun to change it up and have that fun here at Disney On Demand. So with that said, before I give you hints as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical 
little show. And remember, if you want to stay connected, you need the shows instantly as soon as they get released. It's super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. There you can get the latest shows as they get released for your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, and more just by going to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue and get them right there as well. Remember, if you can't remember all this, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and find all those links there as well. So with all that said, we've had a fun seven-year anniversary romp of Fireside Chat. Next week, we return to our normal show format, and as we do that, we're going to maybe jump into the wild, maybe get blown up to the size of a skyscraper, or how about going into the future? I'm going to leave those hints there, all VD heads. So with that said, as I always say, take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all VD heads, here's to seven years of Diz Radio, and here's to seven more. Have a fantastic weekend, and thank you once again for allowing us to bring this show to you for the last seven years. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the party. Hi, Maggie. What's the surprise? The surprise? Well, you see, I invited some very special guests to today's castle party. They're going to dream along with us. That's the surprise. But Donald, they're going to bring their dreams along to share. Ah, fool. Nobody believes in dreams anymore. Oh, Donald, you mean you don't believe in dreams? Oh, why everyone believes in dreams. You see, that's the only way dreams can come true. I bet all our pals out there believe in dreams, don't ya? What do you say, gang? Tell us your dreams real loud. I want to be a beautiful princess in a ball. Did you say be a princess? Me too. Hey, I've always wanted to be a pirate too. Hot dog. You see, Donald, everybody has a dream. You just have to believe. Come on, gang. Let's show Donald we all believe in our dreams. Just reach down deep inside and find the magic in your heart. Then, on the count of three, we'll all wish together real loud by saying, dreams come true. And another work. All right. Concentrate, everybody. Are you ready now? One, two, three. Dreams come true. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon. (laughs) Just made it. Hey guys, I'm here for the fireside chat in the seventh anniversary. Guys, Jonathan, Paige, Jason, hello, Aaron, Cody. So weird, they said meet here. Hey guys, I bet I'm early, that's it. Nice. Oh sweet, there's margaritas while I wait. Happy 7th anniversary, D-Heads and D-Team. Nathan here. Yes, I still exist. Sorry I couldn't make it to the fireside chat this year in my absence lately. I've been distracted with a lot going on and trying to catch up with it all. I was hoping to join all of you yesterday, but couldn't make it work sadly with a hockey game I was at. 
but I wanted to stop by and drop off an afterthought to everybody from myself. First, I just want to thank you all, the listeners, for these seven amazing years. Even though I have not been around for all seven of them, you all may have been here from the beginning or finding us along the way, just like we found ourselves along the journey as well. Thank you for being an outlet for our whole team to pump our passion out there week after week to all you Disney fans who appreciate it. So thank you all. Finally, I just want to give a shout out to the D-Team itself, present and past. You guys are the best, and your passion really shows every single show. This team has a lot of positive hot air to produce, and it's crazy how we can make such an amazing, well-rounded show week after week, literally going from nothing to just, in my opinion, perfection. We've been through seven years of guests, segments, blurbs, bits, firesides, struggles, zings, and jokes, but more importantly, we've been through it all together. We've had each other along the way, so I really appreciate you guys, and I'm glad that we have this. So, again, just to the entire D-team and the the D-head community and everything, happy 7th anniversary to Diz Radio, and here's to countless more. So, I'll see you guys all real soon. <laughs>